We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs. Uh, We are finally back talking Indiana football as the Hoosiers wrapped up their 2018 class last Wednesday, uh, February 7th. uh, On the February signing period today, we are going to welcome in Matt Weaver of Pugs.com to talk about the recruiting class along with TJ Inman, who will be along with us shortly. We're going to go over that class, uh, what we're looking forward to in spring practice, and just an overall general uh, feel of how the program is uh, is doing right now in mid-February. Uh, so uh, right now we're going to welcome in TJ Inman. TJ, uh, how are you? I'm doing well, Sammy. Yeah, looking forward to uh, discussing uh, what – on paper, is uh, certainly one of IU's best recruiting classes. Um, and I, I think, on paper, it, it is the best that we've seen here uh, in recent history. And I, I say that due to um, the overall level of athleticism that they've added, mainly from the state of Florida. Uh, in my opinion, um, if some of these mid to high three-star guys that are from Florida uh, were playing in the Midwest, um, I happen to think that they'd probably be four-star recruits. Uh, but I think in Florida, you, you get lost a little bit in the shuffle sometimes. But um, we have seen the kids from Florida and from the Tampa area uh, come to Indiana and make immediate impacts. And I think Indiana has a number of those guys uh, in this recruiting class that um, I'm anxious to talk to Matt about them, uh, see what, what he has to say. He's certainly uh, seen these guys more than I have um, and talked to them and has talked to the coaches. And uh, so I'm interested to see what he has to say about that. But it's obviously a class that uh, I think IU is going to rely a lot on uh, relatively early. And I think that it's going to be a class that uh, reaps immediate dividends. Yeah, and with that, we're going to bring in Matt Weaver from Peaks. Uh, Matt, I know you're under the weather, uh, so thank you for taking the time. And, and maybe this is your Jordan Blue Game uh, podcast tonight, but thanks for taking the time to join <laughs> us. Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me. And so, Matt, uh, my first question is, what did you think of the having the two signing days uh, and how that worked out for IU? Well, I mean, I think it worked out great because they were able to nail down, um, you know, the majority of the class, 23 of the 26 guys in December. Um, you know, you didn't have the issue, at least it, at least it didn't seem to be on the scale of in the past issue of, 
uh, other schools trying to poach your guys. I think there was a few that they tried to do that with, but it wasn't near to the extreme that you've seen in the past. And then it allowed the coaches to kind of really, you know, there were three guys that they really wanted in this, you know, last week, and they got all three. And not only were they able to focus on those three guys, but they are able to turn their attention to 2019, um, you know, a little bit early and give more attention to that class so they can get more of a head start on that class. Because in the past, you basically spent January babysitting and doing everything you can to keep your class together. And this year, that, that changed it with the two, two uh, signing periods. I, I think it's great for schools like Indiana. Um, you know, I mean, some of the bigger schools may not like it as much because it takes away their chance to take away guys at the last minute. But I thought it worked out well this year for Indiana. And it just mentioned uh, in the opening that on paper, this might be the best class that IU's seen in a while. Now that 2013 class with Antonio Allen and, and Darius Latham and David Kenny and those guys uh, were, I think, higher ranked. But we probably won't know how this class will play out until, you know, a couple years down the road. We saw Antonio Allen flame out. David Kenny never played a snap. Uh, Darius Latham, while he's still in the NFL, never really blossomed in Bloomington as well. You know, what overall, what how, how do you think this uh, the talent in this class ranks compared to, you know, recent classes from basically the start of Kevin Wilson's tenure on? I would probably put it up there. I would say the 2013 class on paper, obviously now we know how it turned out, and it turned out horribly because, you know, like you said, all those guys, and not just those guys. I mean, you had, like, Chris Smith, the linebacker, Noel Padmore. I mean, there was a bunch of guys in that class that just everybody was pretty excited about, uh, including me, and they just didn't work out. So we won't know for a few years, like you said. But I would say on paper, um, the only class I would say to me that seems better would be that 13 class, and hopefully this class, uh, you know, pans out a lot, a lot, um, you know, more successfully than that one did. It's funny because the class before that, <clears throat> the 2012 class, which I think was Sudfeld and Spriggs and Feeney and those guys, it wasn't real highly rated, and that was a great class. They had a bunch of guys from that class that contributed and, and helped Indiana get the bowl game. So you just never know. It just, I mean, there's some, some luck involved with it, but, you know, the best thing you can do, obviously, is try to get the most talented players you can bring them in. Hopefully they got the right mindset, you know, as far as their work ethic and their love for the game and I'll try to coach them up. But I think they've got a good group of guys in that sense in, in this class. Yeah, Matt, I'm uh, interested to hear uh, your take on kind of my theory that if, if some of these mid to, to high three-star guys uh, that are from Florida, which Indiana has, has quite a bit of in this class, uh, do you think if they were playing in the Midwest, uh, that they would probably stand out a little bit more, get a little bit more attention, um, and possibly even be kind of four-star guys that that would put this class even on paper at a at a higher level. I happen to think that their ability to produce, especially early, uh, is even better than that 2013 class was, just because uh, these guys have played at such a high level of high school football that. You know, they're going to be ready to step in, as we've seen recently from uh, quite a few guys that have made that move from Tampa area to Indiana. Yeah, I mean, you know, the rankings are they're, – they're great. I think the ranking guys do a good job, but there is somewhat of a – you know, where you have – you're going to have so many three-stars, so many four-stars, I and mean, it's just the way it is. If Jonathan King is playing at Ben Davis, he's a four-star guy. If, if James Miller is playing at Carmel, he's a four-star player, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just, you know, if Michael Penix is playing at, you know, Davis School up here, 
Uh, he, you know, he, I think he was minor four star by some people, but he's a he's a solid four star across the board. I mean, they, you know, that's just the way it is. I mean, I, I can remember after I used signed Dominic Booth, Kevin Wilson told me, you know, I go down to Florida and find three or four guys like him in every county. I mean, you know, Dominic Booth was a four star yeah. guy in Indiana, so it just kind of shows you how the talent level is just so loaded down there, and they've done such a great job. And, you know, I think uh, one thing that's great about you mentioned some early impact guys. You know, some of the guys they brought in that have enrolled early, Jacoby Hewitt. I mean, to me, he's a real sleeper to play early. You know, I think he's a guy, he's, he's, he's got some size to him. He's, he's, he's athletic, he's fast. I think, I think Jacoby Hewitt's a guy that can play early. Obviously, Ronnie Walker's a guy that I think is going to play early. Uh, James Head has got a ton of talent. Um, I think they're going to put him at the weak side DN, which is a little bit crowded with uh, Niles Sykes mm-hmm. and Alan Stallings, but they don't have anybody like him. There's not too many 6'5", 240, 50-pound guys on their roster at DN that can move like he can. So it's going to be hard to keep them off the field. You know, guys like that, I think they got to – obviously, you know, Nick Linder's going to play right away. But as far as the signees, um, they got some guys, I think, that could really help out and get on the field soon. I mean, I think at linebacker, those guys are going to have a great chance. I mean, James Miller has a great chance to step in and be the guy, that, or at least in the mix from day one, a middle linebacker. I mean, he is – he is he comes with bad intentions when he tackles guys. I mean, he's a physical, violent guy, and he can really play. And, um, you know, uh, Jonathan King, who I mentioned earlier – He's going to be a strong side DN. That's where they kind of need somebody. I think he's a guy, you know, that it'd be nice if you could have got him in mid year, but I think he's got enough talent. He's already up to about 255. No reason why he can't be, you know, 265, 270 around the start of the season after summer working out. So it's a really good class. Uh, and I, I heard you before I came on mention the athleticism, TJ, and you're, you're spot on. This class is really loaded with athletes, guys who can run long, not just, and they're not smaller guys, they're long guys. You know, Devin Matthews, Jamar Johnson. I mentioned Jacoby Hewitt, guys who got length but also have that athleticism, which, you know, Indiana struggled with in the past. They usually got athletic guys, but they're smaller, or the bigger guys they get aren't as fast, and they've got both of those in this class. So they've done a really good job, the staff has. Yeah, Jalen Williams is another guy that um, – I know you weren't going through a list of mentioning everybody, but uh, Jalen Williams is another guy that I think will probably play pretty early. Um, I don't know if you, you know, agree with that, but – uh, I, I happen to think he's got talent that he could end up starting uh, at a position that has, you know, quite a few talented players already. But uh, I think he can be pretty special. Yeah, and he might be he might be the most dynamic guy in this class. I mean, he is just if you watch his highlights, he can easily play receiver. I mean, he could be. I mean, he's so dynamic yeah. with the ball in his hands. But you know, obviously, excuse me, when you get a talent like that at corner, which is a hard position to recruit to um, at any school, but especially Indiana. Um, you know, you put him out there because that's the kind of guy you could put on an island. And, you know, I mean, he's, you know, we saw how good Rashard fan has been for Indiana. I think this guy comes in more advanced than Rashard does. I mean, you know, he's, he's a little bit bigger. He's still got to get bigger. But, I mean, athletically, I think he's got more to him. And I, I agree with you. I, it would not be shocking to me that a few games in the season, um, if he's not starting, he's definitely playing a lot of snaps at corner for IU. Another um... – Era where you know I use a little young going forward. Are they going to add? Um, you know, looking at both safety and quarterback, are they looking to add a, a graduate transfer there? Yeah, at safety they had a, they had a, they had a guy in this past week at JT. I, I guess it's I don't know if it's Ivy or Ibe from from Rice. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, he you know he's he's got some there's some other interest. I mean he visited Iowa State last weekend. Obviously Indiana this past weekend and then. Um, I think he's uh, he's going. He's going to South Carolina in early March. So there's some competition. 
It sounded like he had a great trip. It went really well. Um, they're looking to plug him in basically right next to uh, to Jonathan Crawford at the safety spot. Um, he's played a similar type defense. I think Rice has played a lot of like four two five, um, so he's played a similar scheme. He really is versatile enough that you could probably play him at all three safety spots, the two traditional ones, and then the Husky. But you know, I think they like him next to that, that other safety spot next to Jonathan. And then I do. I think quarterback. I mean, you know, I, there's been the rumors with Tommy Stevens and all that stuff. Uh, we'll see what happens, but I think you'll see them try to add somebody. One, for biggest reason to me, you got three guys. If you want to run an offense where your quarterback's running with the ball, if somebody goes down, I mean, we saw what happened with Maryland last year. They were they were in big trouble. And, you know, uh-huh. if you have an offense where a guy's running around and he takes one hit, I mean, that's all it takes, and now all of a sudden you're really thin. Um, and then on top of that, the inexperienced level. I mean, you know, Peyton Ramsey showed some flashes last year, but this is a really inexperienced group. If you can bring in a guy – and I know, like I said, let's just hypothetically speak and say it's Thomas Stevens. He hasn't played a ton, but he's played at a high level. He almost won that job over Trace McSorley. You know, if, if it's somebody like that who's played, at, you know, as a junior or senior, obviously it's a grad transfer, that's what they'll be. Um, you know, I think you got to try to do it, you know, I mean, for a year or two because it could really bridge the gap and not have to maybe throw Michael Penix into the fire right away or maybe throw Nick Tronti out there or, or you know, if, if Peyton Ramsey's not ready to go or if he's not, you know, he shows he's not the guy. Um, so I, I think that's what you'll see them try to do. But safety and quarterback, as far as the grad transfer, seem to be the priority. Yeah, I, one one or one I guess I, I'll mention position, but also one player specifically. Uh, I, I'm very interested in uh, Stevie Scott. I, you know, a linebacker, I think was a is still a big concern, not from a talent level at this point, but from a uh, experience level now. I mean, you've got uh, Cam Jones, uh, and then the guys you mentioned, James Miller, uh, as well as and the, the third linebacker uh, is escaping my Aaron Casey. Aaron, yeah, Aaron yeah Casey, and Mike McFadden, uh, too. Yes. Yeah, Mike and McFadden. So you've got four guys coming in. So uh, you know they really have reloaded uh, at a talent, you know, position. I, I think that they, you know, for the future, uh, that could be. Obviously, there's a lot of work for them to do, but you know that could be a duo every bit uh, what TJ Scales and uh, and Covington were. Uh, potentially not quite the star power there, but you know from a depth perspective, they've added quite a bit. So does that mean that Stevie Scott, the guy that you know they they're still torn on? linebacker versus running back, uh, does that kind of push him a little bit towards running back uh, as we head into spring ball? Uh, or do you think that that maybe uh, doesn't matter at all and that they're just going to see where he fits best and, and line him up and not consider overall team need at this time? Well, I think you probably I – think, I think you kind of – you put him out there and see whatever you think he feels best. I mean, from an offensive standpoint – um, one thing you would like that would that would be nice with him is it gives you two big backs and him for Morgan Ellison that could yeah. really pound on teams. But if he is, if you feel like he's an all conference or a, a, you know like a guy that's got a um, defense where guys go down, injuries happen. I mean, we saw last year when not that Gray or Chris Summerson got hurt, but when they had to come out of the game for a few snaps here and there, the, the play yes. fell off. So, and I know Allen has, has preached we got to get better depth on defense, we got to get better depth. So at the end of the game, we're not worn out. If he helps you do that, then I could see I could see him still playing defense. It'll be interesting. I think if they didn't get James Miller, I, he's a, to me he was a for sure linebacker. I, I still would probably lean towards that position, 
just because some of the things I've heard. But it wouldn't shock me if he's also at running back because, like I said, he gives you another big back, and then you got kind of the slasher types of Ronnie Walker and Nicole Guest. But him and Morgan Ellison late in games could be a real handful for teams if you're wearing them down. Um, you know, you get the whole line going. It could be it could be a, a lot to handle, and that's what you're looking for. I mean, you know, uh, get up on the on a team, and then the fourth quarter, pound the heck out of them with your two big backs. Yeah, that uh, that's a really interesting position. If Scott does not uh, does not line up there, I think it would show. Uh, just, I mean, we've seen the injury problems that linebacker has. It, I mean, it happens with every team. You you've got to have a number of quality guys there. Uh, which is why Scott made sense at running back to me. Uh, obviously, I, I agree with you that if they think he's you know, a special guy at linebacker, then that's where he plays. But um, having those two big bruisers, I think, would be potential real weapon for this offense. But I think something else that can play into it. I think something else we can yeah. play into it, TJ, yeah. is is how you start off recruiting in 2019. I'm, I'm hearing really good things with IU and Samson James. Um, that's well, going to be yeah, tough to get him, uh, but they're they're in great shape. Yeah. If you would pull a Samson James here in the spring, I'm not saying I mean, you're not going to dictate everything off of that, but you, you don't want to have too many guys at running back because you know you can only play one or two. I mean, you don't really play one at a time, and obviously you rotate him in. But you know you don't sure. want to have Stevie Scott getting the ball seven or eight times if he could be out there playing linebacker for forty or fifty snaps. Um, now right. we, you know we'll see what happens, and, and you got to do what's best for the team this year. Um, and not so much, you know, worry about what happens with, it, with your 2019 class, but that could play a part into it because you know, if you're able to land a Samson and Chris, it, I'm sure Dave Ballou, the new strength coach, is very, very close to uh, Samson James and that Avon program, and I use and put themselves in great shape. Now, like I said, Notre Dame's offered, Ohio State's offered, Michigan. He's a big-time national recruit, so it's going to take a lot of work yes. to get him, but they are really in really, really good shape there. Yeah, and that, I mean, that would be a huge addition uh, the final guy that I wanted to ask about um, for for 2018 is a player that I saw a lot. I know a lot of people in Indianapolis saw a lot. Reese Taylor. Um, I totally understand uh, why he would have a preference of playing defensive back uh, because he likely would not have a future in the NFL as a quarterback where he sees himself uh, developing to the next level as a, as a defensive back. Um, you know, how, in your opinion, uh, how much of a role do you think he'll have on offense? Uh, and then from a, you know, 2018 perspective, IU has quite a few guys in that defensive backfield. Uh, what kind of role do you think he could have uh, this year and, and beyond as a cornerback, just your prediction for, for him uh, a really guy that we saw do special things at Ben Davis uh, as he goes to IU. Well, I, I've, I said all year after watching him uh, a number of times, there's no doubt that I think Reese could play quarterback in the Big Ten and, and play yes. it pretty well. Um, uh, but his preferences, and I think the coaches, his preferences, defense, I think even if he's at corner, which I expect him to be, um, there will be a package um, – in, on the offense for him as a quarterback. Now, what will be interesting is if for some reason they strike out, let's say they don't have a grad transfer quarterback, do you maybe do you contemplate using him more as maybe your fourth string or kind of your emergency guy? If you have like if one guy goes down, maybe you put him over there full time. Um, I don't know. I haven't heard that, but that may be something you have to think about because, like I said, three quarterbacks, you're just in a rough spot if you're if one guy goes mm-hmm. down. 
So, uh, you know, but I think I think Reese has everything it takes at, at corner. I know he practiced there during the season at Ben Davis. He would take reps um, at corner. He's done that camps. The athleticism is there until he gets out there and you see it because backpedaling and, and, you know, flipping your hips and running with receivers is a whole new thing. But he's got a high football IQ. Um, he's obviously a tremendous athlete. I, I think he can do it. So, we'll, I mean, the thing with Reese is if it didn't work out at corner, there's no doubt he could be a slot receiver. I mean, he could do all kinds of things with them where he could still be a valuable weapon for the program. But, you know, initially I expect to be a corner. I think he's a guy that, you know, he may not be a starter early on, but I think he's a guy. He's just I, – I don't I don't count Reese Taylor out. He's so competitive. I mean, yeah. you know, he had great talent with him. But what he did this year, I mean, to me, it was the best season I've ever seen in the 10 years I've been doing yep. this job from a high school player. And that competitiveness is going to serve him well. That The staff loves him. So, I, I mean, even though – he hasn't played the position. It won't shock me if he's in the two deep or, you know, maybe getting some snaps here and there next season or the season after. Matt, looking at 2018 from a non-recruiting standpoint, how important is it for IU to get off to a fast start and get back to a bowl game? You talked, you know, Samson James, you said he's sitting very well with IU. But how many other dominoes could fall IU's way if Indiana could get back to six, you know, six wins? Well, it'd be huge, and I think you'll see. You know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not sure what Samson's timetable is, but I mean, he, you know, I, you could see him. You know, another guy they're in great shape with is Bo Robbins at Carmel, um, DN. He's, a, you know, he's really a terrific player. I mean, you know, even when Brett Berry was there, Brett was a good defensive player. Bo was the best player on the field. I mean, he's a fantastic player. Um, but if you get these guys and then you get off to, you know, you don't get off to a great start, then you're going to be fighting to clone and to hold on to them. And, you know, this staff has shown what they can do. I mean, let's be honest, last season was disappointing. There's no two ways to put it. And they still put together a good recruiting class. So if you get off to a fast start, um, uh, you know, get some get some real momentum going, be 4-1, 5-1, and one, five and one, something like that, um, it'll be, it would be really fun to see what they can do on the recruiting trail. They've already shown that they're good recruiters, but they put some success behind them. You know, you could go from this is a top, I think, 40, 45 class to you're talking top 30, which, you know, I don't know that Indiana, other than 2013, has ever done that, um, you know, finished that high in the national ranking. So, um, to me, it's huge. I mean, there's no doubt about it, you know, and and uh, there's all kinds of factors for that. But I think it's, it's the schedule definitely lines up way better this year than it did this past season. No doubt about it. You still yeah. got to play the same teams. But the way they, they, they line up on the schedule – you're not starting out with the number one team in the country in the first week. and So it, there's a chance to get some momentum going. You're going to have some young guys on defense. So there's a chance to get some confidence with those guys, get them in the mix without being, you know, playing, you know, heavyweights. So, yeah, I think it's huge. I mean, you know, recruiting, recruiting is about relationships. At the end of the day, guys want to win. They want to go to bowl games and they want to play in big games and, and all that kind of stuff. So that's the next step for Indiana. All right. Well, thank you, Matt, for for joining us. Uh, Rest up, uh, get better, and uh, spring ball's right around the corner. Starts March 3rd. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks, guys, for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Matt. All right. All right. That was Matt Weaver from Pigs.com. You can read all of his uh, recruiting stuff over there as well. Uh, And he's awesome to talk to if, if you could find somebody who knows more than uh, more IU football than, than Matt Weaver. His name is probably Mark Deal. Um, anyway, TJ 
just to, to put a bow on this uh, on, on this class, spring ball is coming up March 3rd. IU has four early enrollees. You have Michael Penix uh, in, Ronnie Walker is in, James Head is in, and Jacoby Hewitt. Uh, the importance of these guys being in for spring practice is huge. It's it's uh, you get six, basically six months of of uh, weight training with the new staff with Coach Ballou, uh and Dr. Ray, and then you have 15 practices in the spring. To work the the off the coaches the offense the defense all those things. Uh, what's a couple things you're looking forward to in practice here? Well, I think from an incoming recruit perspective, uh, there's, for instance, Michael Penix. If he was not an early enrollee, uh, I don't think anyone on our staff would be even mentioning him as a potential starting candidate. Uh, I, I personally don't think he would have a chance uh, unless, you know, Tronti or, and Ann Ramsey both injured or just totally uh, regressed or, or didn't progress at all uh, during the off season. But uh, with him coming in early, uh, you know, I think that he has at least a chance to uh, to develop uh, get stronger, uh, learn the offense, and uh, have the coaches build a trust in him uh, that he can carry the load as the starting quarterback as a true freshman. Uh, James Head, a guy that at a crowded position probably wouldn't have uh, a whole lot of a chance to get significant snaps. Him getting in there, uh, I think really, as Matt said, gives him a chance to, um, I, I don't know if he'll beat out Sykes, installings, but uh, I think he'll at least have a real good chance to get significant snaps due to him being in. Uh, So critical for those guys, and uh, Hewitt gives him a chance to work with the quarterbacks and for the quarterbacks to build a trust in him uh, and for him to, you know, better understand the offense, become a better blocker. Uh, So that's really important. From a strictly spring football perspective, uh, there's so many things that are going to be interesting to watch for. Um, you know, I'm really interested to see uh, the just a lot of new faces on defense, uh, guys that are either stepping into bigger roles or uh, guys that you know, we haven't really seen have uh, an opportunity to uh, to step up and play defense. Uh, this is really going to be a huge test for Tom Allen and Mark Hagan uh, and that defensive staff because while they are certainly not starting over, that would be, I know that some people are going to be saying that, that I use defense is starting over, placing quite a bit, uh, you know, some really good players that did a lot for Indiana football, but the defense still does have a lot of quality guys coming back uh, and players that, um, interested, players that I'm interested in seeing are, are guys like, uh, Brian Fitzgerald, Juwan Burgess, uh, Marcelino Ball coming back from an injury. Um, very interested to see who steps up at linebacker because that is a, a position that's wide open. Uh, and I, I feel like, you know, some of the, as I said to Matt, uh, there could be two or three freshmen that are uh, in that too deep. Um, and, and so I'm interested to see which of the returning guys 
steps up in spring ball and kind of stakes a claim uh, to a starting position or stakes a claim to a rotation spot. It's really important for those guys uh, with the incoming freshmen to, you know, step up now because uh, some real talent's on the way. And if, if you don't seize this opportunity in spring ball, uh, you could get left in the dust when they get here in the fall. Um, I'm very interested to see uh, what what happens with that second corner position. Um, I feel like Indiana has returning talent uh, that has proven itself for kind of one of those spots, uh, whether it's Brown or or Riggins. Uh, for me, Raheem Lane is probably uh, the most talented returner uh, as far as defensive backs go. Um, and we mentioned some of the talent coming in on defensive back. Um, I think that it's going to be really interesting to see who looks good at that position uh, and then who looks good as, as that kind of second safety next to Crawford. Um, so I think there's more intrigue at that position. And then obviously the big one that everybody's going to be looking at is quarterback Tronti. Um, a lot of positive, uh, a lot of positive things have been said about him and um, we'll really get to see what he can do for the first time. Uh, Ramsey, obviously I don't think he was himself uh, from a health perspective towards the uh, end of last season. And that's, that if he can't move real well, it just really limits what he can do as a player. Uh, so we'll get to see a yeah. healthy Ramsey out there. And then Penix, um, you know, very productive at a very high level of, of high school football. How does that translate to spring football as a, as a freshman um, in the Big Ten? I I don't know. Uh, that's that's going to be a, a big, big, big position. I don't think that battle is going to be decided in the spring. Uh, but I think that the, the early stages of it uh, will kind of determine what the narrative is heading into the fall. And then, you know, we'll know whether or not, uh, I guess we'll kind of know who is the, the clubhouse leader uh, from our perspective anyway, heading into the fall. So there's a whole lot of, uh, a lot of very interesting things that are going to be going on. The quarterback is the, kind of the big headliner, I'm sure. Yeah, it's this is going to be a tremendously fun spring, at least for us to cover. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of position battles that are are in positions in need, uh, are, are very important mm-hmm. positions, quarterback, safety, linebacker, uh, offensive line, um, yeah. you know, and then you have Charles Campbell, a kicker, coming in uh, to replace uh, Griffin Oaks in fall camp. Uh, but for me, spring practice is let's get everybody healthy. Let's see what this offense looks like with a quarterback, uh, a more mobile quarterback that fits Mike DeBoer's system better. I, I don't know if we'll see Nick Westbrook participate in in contact drills. Uh, you know, since he uh, tore up his knee in August, uh, you know, we'll see. I don't expect him to play in the spring game or things like that unless he's totally 100% healthy. But who knows? I, I mean, he's. I, I don't think his was a structural issue. I think it was a muscular issue. I, I would like to see him back, but again, 
yeah. you know what Donovan Hale is. So you don't really – you could take a look at some of these young guys because you're going to need depth at that wide receiver position. Um, Pryfogel, you know, to, to me, it's, Wap. Yeah. Pryfogel, Wap, uh, Jacoby Hewitt, uh, Justin Berry, a guy who, who was a talented yeah. walk-on who, who could see some – uh, some time there, and then you know that finding that other safety position, whether it be uh, you know Khalil Bryant, um, who we apologize left off the safety list there, but he's kind of been buried on the depth chart a little bit as well. But now with uh, with Dutra and Tony Fields gone, it's this is his spring to to try and shine. So a lot of great things coming this spring. And I'm excited to go watch it, and I think IU fans should be excited as well. The spring game is April 14th at Memorial Stadium at noon. Uh, TJ, thanks for joining us on on this mid-February uh, Monday evening. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, it's, uh, this class is one that I think should have people excited. Uh, it, there's a, a whole lot of talent coming in, a lot of exciting players to watch. Uh, some guys that, you know, under in some years we would have spent quite a bit of time talking about, we didn't even get to. Uh, it's not that they won't have a chance to contribute. Uh, it's it's that they are just going to be behind some guys because uh, there's already quite a bit of talent at their positions or uh, that they were just under, like I said, under most years, uh, they would have been players that we would have been spending quite a bit of time talking about. But this year in this class, uh, they were kind of pushed down uh, in terms of what we're talking about. And that's that's a good sign. Uh, it doesn't mean that those guys we didn't mention uh, can't have immediate impacts and can't have really good careers. It's just on paper, this, this class is filled with guys that uh, you know, are, are – mid to, to high three stars or even low four stars. And just look at the offer list that they chose IU uh, over other schools. And it's it, certainly enough to get you excited. Yeah, it definitely is. And if you're in Bloomington on Valentine's Day for the basketball game, Indiana football is having a, their meet and greet for the 2018 class. Uh, Allen and the coaches go over each position. It's a really fun event. There's food. Uh, mm-hmm. some IU football swag too at the weight room uh, and it, it's really a a nice event unfortunately I don't think we'll be able to make it down for that but we should have some people there and it, it's really a fun event to go to um, you can follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle uh, com. remember do all your if you're doing your shopping on Amazon click one of our ads uh, we get a, a kickback percentage from from Amazon at, at no cost to the shopper. That helps us uh, stay in business and, and and do the best job that we could do uh, covering this team. Anyway, thanks, guys, for listening. And we'll catch you uh, sooner rather than later. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. 
the Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. (sighs) The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.